It's party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Brother Show. It's Thursday. We are in the Mothership Studio 22, uploading all the insanity to you. I don't know. We're trying to get a little sane today. How about that? Um, I um, I'm excited. It's Good Friday. It's tomorrow's Good Friday, and uh, a bunch of heathens need to get in right relationship with the Lord. I'm talking to y'all over there, Chris and Brandon and. Kayla, my lord, I can't deal with you guys anymore. Uh, but uh, I want to, you know, I've thought about doing the chalkboard today. I may pull out the little marker board here in a minute uh, and just kind of talk to you today a little bit about um, about how to get things in order. Like you want, you want your government to work, you want your life to work. I can tell you how to make it work. Uh, I can tell you how to get things in order, bring some peace in your life. I know that uh, Glenn Beck has, you know, asked us to pray and fast tomorrow. I, I, I believe in that. I, I think that there's, there's power to that, you know. But, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, listen, I'm one of those guys. I, I'm blessed. I get to have a lot of fun. With that fun comes a lot of stress. Uh, you can't work for yourself, guys. You can't be an entrepreneur and not have a lot of stress. Every day you got to chase a little something. You got to chase money. You got to chase opportunity. You know, you got to knock on some doors. You got to bust some doors open. You got to deal with a lot of people. You got to make sure everybody's getting paid. Everybody's taking care of everybody's happy. You deal with a lot of bickering, uh, a lot of requests. A lot of people want you to do things for them. And there's a lot going on. Um, and, and sometimes it can be a little bit stressful. And I know it is for you as well. You got bills to pay. You got kids to take care of. You got grandkids. Uh, you got families that are falling apart. You might be in the middle of a divorce, uh, in a separation. Uh, you might be watching your kids go through more of the same, same thing. You might have, um, you know, financial troubles. You might be watching family members go through financial troubles, having to bail some people out. You know, you might, maybe you're worried about the future. I mean, my God, there is, you know, Jesus said, you know, there, there's plenty to worry about today. I mean, you, you got, you got enough stuff going on. You know, the scripture talks about, you know, today has enough of its own troubles. Don't need to go looking to tomorrow. Um, there, there's enough stuff going on right here that if you really want to get bogged down in it, you can easily do that. Um, so I have to kind of remind myself every now and then, take a deep breath and look around and count your blessings because we're not promised the next moments. We're not promised tomorrow. Uh, that's why, and I'm gonna get very biblical with you today. I'm not going to preach to you. I'm just going to tell you some principles that I think that if you want to put them in your life, maybe you should, uh, because I've seen them work. And uh, don't knock it till you try it. So don't get caught up in my theistic barbarian language, okay? Don't get caught up in my use of the scripture. Don't get caught up in my, because I'm not moralizing here. I, I mean, I'm sitting next to a table full of tequila. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you guys, I, I'm, I'm one of you. Um, I get it. I can relate. But no matter how much fun you have in life, and no matter how many, how many good blessings you have and the great things that happen for you, one day, uh, this bag of meat, man, this, this suitcase, this mobile home, it's going to get tired of running. And it's it. It's over with. Life is over with. Then what? You're not going to live forever. The biggest lie you can believe is that you have more time. You don't. Um, and when it's all said and done... What happens? What do, what do you have? What, what have you done in your life 
that will wash upon the shores of eternity. Now, I refer to us as being a bag of meat, right? This, this suitcase that I carry my soul in. There's, there's parts of me that you can't see. Now, there's parts of you I can't see. And I'm not talking about the internal organs. You can't see my brain. You can't see my heart. Can't see my kidneys. List them, right? But you can't see my mind. You can't see my thoughts. You can't see my emotions. Uh, only to the degree that this suitcase, this body, shows and expresses those emotions. And a lot of times we get upset with each other for how we convey what we're feeling and thinking with this mobile home, right? Sometimes the wheels just kind of come off a little bit. And our, our soul, our, our mind, our will, our volition, our ability to make choices, those emotions that are in there, Sometimes, you know, we have to try to convey those things because I, I believe that you are an eternal being. I believe that you're body, soul, and spirit. I, I'm a trichotomist. That's a big word for you. I'm a trichotomist. I believe that you have a body. That's this. You have a soul. You have a mind, will, emotions, and you have a spirit. I think that's that part of you, whether you choose to believe it or not. I believe that that's that part of you that communes with the eternal. I believe it's the part of you that communes with God. I believe it's the part of you that communes with your creator. Um, and we all do that in different ways. Now, when, whenever God created, again, I'm, I'm going to give you my worldview. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to accept it. But I'm going to give you my worldview. You can ridicule it. Uh, you can agree with it. <coughs> but you can turn me off, tune me out. I don't, I don't care what you do, but I'm going to tell you my worldview. I believe, that, I believe that we're created beings. And I believe that when God created Adam and Eve, according to the biblical record, I, it, when God created Adam and Eve, he put them in a perfect place. And when he put them in a perfect place, he gave them a lot of life, man. He breathed on them. And in the, in the, the Hebrew, it says they became lifed souls. They breathed upon souls. They literally had the breath of God in them. And it says that God would come to them in the cool of the day, in the spirit of the day. And he would come and he would commune with them and he would communicate with them. And he would have communion with them. He would, he would fellowship with them. They literally had access to God because everything they needed for life and peace and sustenance and everything they needed for harmony in the world in which they lived in that perfect place was inside of them. They were living an inside to outside life. Now, as soon as that serpent, as soon as Satan, as soon as Lucifer tempted Eve with something that God had forbidden. He said, you know, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I do not want you to eat the fruit of that. Um, and uh, you do that and there's going to be trouble. You're, you're going you're gonna to know uh, right from wrong, good from evil. You're going to discover that evil is a thing. It does exist in the universe. You're going to introduce it into your life. Now, God didn't go into all this explanation that we know of, but he said, I don't want you to eat the fruit of that tree. And she listened to a voice rather than from the inside. She listened to a voice from the outside. She listened to a voice of one that came to destroy her. And by listening from the voice from the outside, she internalized that voice and made a decision based off that outside voice. And that decision ultimately started a downward spiral of destruction and death that we're still dealing with today. Now, regardless of whether or not you believe the biblical narrative of creation and the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, I think you can at least agree with the principle that's there. 
And that is there you should be able to live inside to outside rather than outside to inside. Okay? So you should have enough going on inside of you that you literally are are replenishing your own soul, your own mind, your own will, your own emotions, and you are blessing the world around you with what's internally inside of you. There's certain things that are communicable. There's certain traits. I think joy is contagious. I think a smile is contagious. Walk through the airport and smile at somebody, and there's a chance they'll smile back at you. Now, this day and age, people have kind of gotten weird. But uh, typically, those are contagious things. If you're happy, if you're laughing, there's a good chance that that person's going to laugh with you because there's certain things that are contagious. Something inside of you actually was a contagion that brought an emotion into somebody else. But by and large, we find ourselves living from outside to inside. What do I mean by that? Well, I, I could be happy. I could be internally happy if money, a thing from the outside, was increased in my life. Internally, I could be happy if I had a bigger house, a better body, better health. Um, if, if I, you know, um, had a bigger bank account, if I drove a better car, uh, if my family was, you know, functioning in a, in a way that I determined to be normal. Um, all these things from the outside, you look at others and you covet what they have or you're envious or you're jealous and, and you start to get tempted from the things on the outside and you want to internalize those things and what happens is you're living outside to inside living and that's not a good pattern it's not the pattern that you're supposed to be living um i want to show you my phone is absolutely blowing up see whenever whenever god his original design was for his people to live under his rule so you know i um i look at um I, I refer to that as the kingdom of God. So imagine, and I'll draw it for you, and I'm, I'll do some drawing later on, Chris and Kayla and Brandon. I'll see if I can do that thing. Let's pull it up here. I consider that as, as living under the, uh, we're going to have to get that, um, see if we can see this thing. I'm going to draw a little crown here, see how good I can do, all right? So let's say, can you even see that thing right there? How we, you see it Okay. So let's do that. And here's the world, right? Here's the world. And the world is living under the, the king, right? The king created everything. And you're living not under the kingdom. You're living under the king dome. Let's put it that way. You're living under the king's domain. Now, under the king's domain, you should be able to know that by design, God has wanted us to have three key things. He's wanted to us to have relationship. Let's spell that out. Y'all make fun of my handwriting. He wants you to have rulership. And he wants you to have partnership. Okay? Now, what does that mean? Well, obviously, when the fall happened, this relationship was destroyed. It was taken away. God coming to walk in the cool of the day to commune with his people and to give them internally what they needed to not only survive, but to thrive that that partnership that went away. Whenever God put them in the Garden of Eden, he said, I want you to subdue the earth and I want you to have dominion 
over everything. I want you to have dominion over the ground, over the fruit that grows out of it, over the animals. I want you to have dominion over this earth that I've created. So whenever the fall happened, when Eve listened to that voice from outside, the rulership went away. Suddenly, the kingdom, turn that thing towards that camera, the kingdom, there we go, the kingdom or the kingdom, it wasn't destroyed, it was delayed. All right, because God wasn't suddenly taken off the throne. He didn't suddenly lose control, but we did. And so being the progenitor or Adam being the progenitor of the human race because of his sin of listening to Eve and partaking of the fruit, the fall that happened, death entered the world, evil entered the world, all because of this relationship that we had yet we abused and because of our willingness to disobey that perfect order inside the kingdom, inside the kingdom, the domain of the king and doing it his way, well, all of those privileges were taken away from us. So what I determine, what I always say is the kingdom of God in a simple definition, is, is God's way of doing things. And the problem is we don't want to do it God's way. So, you know, this relationship is all about God's love. This partnership is all about God's labor. And the rulership is all about God's law. We've forsaken love. We've forsaken the labor. We don't want to do God's work anymore. And we've forsaken the law. We break it. We absolutely break it. So something had to happen in order for us to restore this kingdom order and go back to doing things God's way. You want to know why the world's in the, way, in the place that it's in? Because we're violating what we were created for. When you violate that, you create chaos. You do not create order. You do not create peace. You will never know relationship. You will never know partnership. You will never know rulership. I'm going to tell you how to get that back in a minute. We're going to come back. Um, all right. What do we got? Ah, bespoke post. I think I got a, I think I got a box here. I do. Yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah. See if I can stand up there. See if we can get over there to that ad read right there. Is that it? There it is. Bespoke. They gave it. They gave us a box. What's a heavy box? I never know what they're going to send me here. So uh, this is going to be a big one. I'm excited to see what's in here. Uh, one of my most awesome days of the month, I, I receive a box here and I receive a box at the home that I'm because I'm a subscriber of Box of Awesome. And uh, I'm going to open this thing up, see if you guys can see what's in here. I'm excited. This is a whole bunch of stuff, Chris. My God, dude, this is a whole bunch of stuff. So I got, ooh, I got, I got some cocktail mixer in here. I've got, um, I've got some glassware. I've got some books. No. Oh, it is. It's a field guide to whiskey. This is an awesome book. I don't know if you guys have any books like this, but this actually uh, gives you a little history about whiskey. This is cool. You put that on your, put that on your table. Let people read it because you're sophisticated. Oh, you got a little, uh, little ball ice maker here. And uh, it's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. So I can make my round little sophisticated ice balls. <laughs> And they got some old-fashioned glasses. You're not getting this stuff, Chris. You're not getting it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I got some cool old barware. Well, the thing about it is you get to go to boxofawesome.com, and you take the little quiz, and you tell them what you want. So if you want the barware, I like to get the barware. So I, so anyway, this all this stuff is, is you can make an old-fashioned. And uh, I got the mixer here and everything. 
God, now I'm thirsty. But uh, if you go there and use use the promo code WATCHCHAD, you're going to get 20% off your first box of awesome, boxofawesome.com. And listen, if you don't want to do the kingdom of God kind of thing that I've been telling you, you probably need an old-fashioned. I'm telling you, man, This I'm telling you in this whole episode how to get back to old-fashioned. But if you don't want to do that, you can have one of these box of awesome old-fashioned. See how I did that? But go to boxofawesome.com, take the quiz, join the club, really cool stuff, and uh, be a member of Box of Awesome. Boxofawesome.com. Don't forget, use code WATCHCHAD. We'll be right back. So I want you guys to see what we did. I started with, in with the marker board, and Chris and Kayla, and then we're just like, let's just pull a chalkboard up here. So here we are. Here we are. Kayla, can you hear me on this microphone? All right. So here's, let me just go back over what we established, okay? Again, I'm not preaching to you. I'm not moralizing. I'm just telling you that if you're a theistic, I call myself a theistic barbarian, then <laughs> you believe you're a created being. You believe that you have a body, you got a soul, you got a spirit, and that, spirit, that spirit's been separated from your creator, okay? He created you to have a relationship. That was destroyed. He created you to have a, a, a rulership and a domain. That was destroyed. He wanted you to have a partnership with him, and that was destroyed. So what, how do you how do you how do we change that how do we get away from the chaos go back to the old ways of things working in order again which result in peace it's going to happen through the process of repentance now i know you guys think that that is just some big religious word that means suddenly I got to have a big no to have tattooed on my forehead that says I can never do anything fun ever again. I can't do anything that's going to be, you know, exciting, enticing, none of that stuff. Repent simply means I'm never going to do that again. Okay. It's a change of mind. It's a change of heart. So if our mind, will, and emotions were affected by this, this fall that happened in the Garden of Eden and we're born into that, then we got to change our mind. We got to change our will. We got to change our emotions. But here's the thing. It's impossible for you to do that. Impossible. You literally can't do that on your own. You have a certain genetic makeup spiritually, and that makeup is actually destined for you to keep falling just keep falling until eventually you spend eternity falling separated but to repent is to turn that pattern around have a change of mind have a change of heart how do you do that i, I in fact a lot of people don't know what repent means i i was um, i was uh, black powder deer hunting one time and my gun got a little bit wet in the snow and so I went to clear the, uh, I was in the truck and I stuck the gun out of the window to fire the uh, bullet into the snow. It didn't go off because it had gotten wet. And so when I was pulling the gun back into the thing, it went off right in front of my face. Boom. And the phrase that went through my head when I realized I was still alive is I said, I will never do that again. That's repentance. <laughs> that is repentance. So God gave you a pattern. And, I, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell you the pattern. You do with it what you want to do with it. But uh, some of you guys have heard this before. Romans. Chris will put it up later on. I wish I could, I wish I could write on this thing. 623, right? For the wages of 
sin is death. Can you see that, Chris? But the free gift of God, your creator, is eternal life. I'm writing it out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Somebody said, do we just suddenly get on another episode here? Do we find another show? No, I mean this. People are like, how dare you preach to us? I'm not preaching to you. I'm just telling you that this is what it says. The wages of sin is death. If you break that down and you take every key word out, the wages of sin, death, free gift of God, eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. All right? If you, if you were to diagram that and you saw this massive chasm, here's one cliff, here's another cliff over here, here's God, here's you, and how are you going to separate because of that brokenness right there? How are you going to do that? And he says that the wages of sin is death. You know what a wage is? A wage means you worked for something. You earned it and you deserve it. Now, if I hire Chris come over to my house and mow the grass, there's a couple of things that are going to happen. One, I'm going to be pissed off when he's done because he's going to do a crappy job. All right? Because he's lazy. He's not the right guy to come mow your grass. But if he does that, let's say he's working out there, he's, he's working at my place for a week, been sweating his butt off, and he comes up and he says, hey, man, can I get paid? And I go, no. No. Uh, and you say, well, wait a minute. You hired me. I, I mean, um, you are legally obligated. I worked for it. I earned it and I deserve it, right? I'm legally obligated to pay him for the work that he's done. And he'd be pissed off if he didn't get it. Well, if the wages of your work, and that is sin, is death, how can you contest it when you say, hey, God, you're treating me unfairly. Why, this, this is unfair here. Uh, no, 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 you did the work. You did the work. You did the sinning. <laughs> now you're going to get the payment. There's your wages right there. Now, you want to reverse this order. You want to reverse this order. You want to see the chaos that's in the world. You want to see all the crap that we got going on with our government, the, the crap going on in our families, the crap going on in our schools. The fact that you got to go stand in front of a city council out there and fight for pornography not to be in your kids' school books or in your library. The fact that you got to deal with this nonsense and protect your children in their minds. The fact that this world is trying to corrupt them every way they can. Let me tell you something. We're living in a sick, broken, evil society. And there's chaos everywhere. There's no order. There's no life. There's nothing that's bringing prosperity to your spirit. Why? Because, dadgummit, we can't stop doing this right here. Sinning, breaking the law, lying, stealing, killing, murdering, being jealous, having envy, covetous. You list off your vice, the pornography, the fact that one out of four children in America is regularly consuming pornography. You call it what you want to call it. You say, well, that's a religious word. I don't give a damn, guys. Listen to me. How you try to look at it and escape it 
But sin is sin, is sin, is sin, it's sin. You're breaking the rules of your creation. You're violating your design. And you know what the wages of doing that are? It's death. You want to know why our government's dead? You want to know why our societies are dead? You want to know why we can't think critically anymore with any complexity? Because we're dead. We're dead. We're dead. We're dead. We're dead. One day you will die physically, but right now we're intellectually dead. We're spiritually dead. All the way, all on the way to physically dying. But, but there's a free gift. There's a free gift. Oh, you know who gave it to you? God, your creator. And that gift is eternal life. Now, a lot of people think that means you're going to live forever. Okay. I think that's included. Because I think regardless of whether you accept the gift or not, you're going to live forever. But the condition in which you're living may be a little bit different. But God wants to give you, your creator wants to reverse the process, bring you back into dominion right here and put things in order. Make it make sense again. And he wants to do that with a quality of life. See, eternal life is a quality of life. And he's going to do that through... Christ Jesus, our Lord. So you know how it goes. God built you a bridge through Christ Jesus. There's the cross. That's what we're celebrating. You know, this Good Friday, we're celebrating that, 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 that sacrifice that was made to bridge that chasm between man and his creator to set your body, soul, and spirit right again. And that's what we're celebrating on Easter weekend because just as Christ, who was the sacrifice for your sin, came back to life and in so doing, conquered the consequences of sin, that bad genetic spiritual makeup you had, you can now be regened. You can be regenerated. But the key is this phrase right here. Our Lord. You want to operate in the order of the kingdom? You got to bow your knee. That proud, rebellious knee, you got to bow that to the king of the kingdom, the Lord that rules over this order. You do that and you will see, I promise you, you will see a change. And it's going to start with you. Now, you claim to be a conservative. You claim to be somebody that believes in limited government, self-government. You can't even govern your own soul. You learn how to do that through the miracle of rebirth. And I promise you, you'll be on your way to reclaiming not only your home and your life and your family, but you'll reclaim your community, your state, your country. And just maybe, just maybe, because we've tried it your way for a long time. And you know what? It doesn't work. We've done what the experts have said. It doesn't work. So why don't we do what the creator says? And do as, as so many on this network have called you to do this week. Do a little praying, do a little fasting, a little bit of communication with the guy that wants to give you relationship, rulership, and partnership, and go back to doing it his way. Bridge that chasm, and you never know. Uh, somebody said in the book of Acts, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God knows. God knows. We need to be saved. All right. Come back over here to the chair. Just for a second. Ah, woo. All right, guys. Um, let's see here. Let me go back to it. The, uh, well, I thought I was. Yeah, I know. I can't find it in there. Ah, there it is right there. This spring, you need nutritious, convenient meals to energize you for warm. I was preaching, guys. 
I was preaching. Like every preacher, I got to talk about food now. Uh, <clears throat> you got to have that communion, baby. You got to have that fellowship. You need those convenient meals to energize you for warmer, active days to keep you on track reaching for your goals. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It'll help fuel you up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook this spring with Factor? Skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather with 34 and more chef prepared dietitian approved weekly option there's always something new to try plus you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons including breakfast items like egg bites smoothies and more head over to factormeals.com/chad50 use code chad50 get 50% off your first box that's code chad50 at factormeals.com/chad50 get 50% off your first box we'll be right back all right all right all right uh let's talk about some more things i I really want to i really want to ask you guys a question and and i kind of want you to answer this question uh seriously to yourself uh Let's go back into a topic we've been talking about in recent weeks. I think I think it's worth noting. Um, how do you define a woman? <laughs> you talk about screwed up creation right now. Um, my guess is that I probably didn't even get the full sentence out before a complete and very thorough answer to that question formed in your brain. It's funny, you know. I mean, we we marvel at the response time of things like Chat GPT, the AI software, but I think too often we forget that we're carrying around in our heads the most sophisticated computer in the world and possibly the universe uh, that has ever known. The fact that many of us only use it to play the intellectual version of Pong, alas, the bug and not the feature. Uh, as, for instance, of that phenomenon, take the response of New Zealand's Prime Minister Chris Hipkins when he was asked recently how he and his country's government define a woman. He said, if y'all heard this, he said, uh, to be honest, uh, that question has come slightly out of left field for me. The, well, biology, sex, gender, um... People define themselves. Um, people define their own genders. Wow. Now, I know that reporting this to you is doing what's known in the media biz as tossing some red meat in there. But uh, in short, I'm tapping into a story that's merely if severely underlines what most of us on the right believe by providing a counterexample so pungent that it's laughable. You and I see somebody sweating under the pressure of having to define something so simple that a grade schooler can handle it with, you know, a simple boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. Uh, We simply shake our heads in disbelief, except we don't even really do that anymore because this mind worm has asexually replicated itself into worldwide ubiquity. But let's break it down a little bit. Um, I think it's important that we not react merely in a visceral fashion to any of the issues that we face in the culture war, because while it's a fun way to run your ruin your day, it doesn't really bring us closer to solving the problem. Because make no mistake, the only way we're going to get on the other side of this bizarre gender issue is by changing hearts and minds. This is what I was talking about in recent segments. You don't do that by screaming, much as you'd like to think you could. So let's start with that first question. How do you identify a woman? How do you identify a man for that matter? Well, We start out at the macro level and describe what kind of 
plumbing you got between your legs. We talk about the ability or non-ability to impregnate or to become pregnant. We talk about the ability or non-ability to generate from your own body the necessary food that a baby needs once it's born, things like that. So then what happens? Well, someone from the left comes along and points out that not everyone has their plumbing arranged in exactly one of those two ways. And we say, okay, there are indeed people out there with genetic and hormonal anomalies that preclude them from landing firmly in one camp or the other. Fair enough. We can carve out a little compassionate space in our society for those people because they're experiencing a life fraught with a circumstance beyond their control. Remember the term hermaphrodite. Don't, don't, you don't hear it much anymore, do you? And it's not so far as I'm aware because it's become a pejorative, although all descriptors become politically incorrect eventually. But why don't you hear it anymore? Why? Well, because the journey didn't end there. Once we understood that there were people in our society, a tiny, tiny fraction of the population, but some non-zero number of human beings who didn't fit the standard mold, we could deal with it. But enough is never enough for the left. The next step was to get us to believe that there never really was this thing called gender in the first place, that the neurological differences that separate a man from a woman never really existed in the first place. And for this... They were willing and even eager to do what the left always does. They rewrote the past and reshaped the present. So does it seem strange to you that it's only in the past decade that you've ever heard of societies in antiquity that embrace some kind of gender fluid existence in one way or another? I grew up my whole life around American Indians, and they were just, what, keeping the whole two-spirit thing a secret from me until the time was right? I mean, is it possible that I just missed that all those years? Or is it more likely that the left will happily sink its claws into any historical fact and twist it to fit the current narrative? So the next natural step in this progression is, of course, to obliterate the actual physical characteristics that separate men and women all in service to the narrative. And here is probably the best place to insert a brief connection to the underlying motivation. So as we've talked about before, ultimately the left seeks power and understand that when I use the term the left here, I'm not just talking about woke Democrats because they're pawns. The left refers to an ideological substrate in human thinking that is forwarded by those who seek top-down control and who will sacrifice any person or any group to the cause without hesitation. They accomplish their goals by sprinkling nihilism into everything we've given to think about or say or do in life. Please believe me when I say that nihilism is at the bottom of the transgender issue, the fundamental disestablishmentarial, you know, disestablishmentarian, good Lord, disestablishmentarian uh, if that sounds like Joe Biden drive has been pointed like a gun at one of the most fundamental aspects of our humanity and if they can blur and eventually destroy the line between man and woman in the service of ultimately controlling that man and woman then they absolutely will folks we are living in a time where the dominant paradigm has become one of the frightening paradox. When you blast apart the difference between man and woman, you atomize a culture into a series of individual humans believing and living in their own individual truths, which is to say those are mostly lies. And the paradox, well, that's the beauty of collectivism. All those special little souls who are just living their own truth will happily conga dance with all the other special little souls right off the edge of the cliff. So we have to change hearts and minds for this to go away, folks, plain and simple. And here's the sad part. We're not going to accomplish it in our generation. Too many people are too far gone, and it can't be brought back from the nihilistic brink, not without repentance. That doesn't mean we shouldn't try. 
But it does mean we have to be pragmatic in how we think about it. The best thing we can do right now is to lay the best foundation of compassion-driven truth so that our children have something solid upon which to build a better world. And that's a fact. Ah, see that whole thing, man, we've twisted it. Got to bring it back to the order. Got to bring it back to the order. That's why I preach to you a little bit. That's, that's why I tell you the things that I think you need to hear. Um, I know I'll get a lot of pushback for all of this stuff. But, man, that's a perfect example. Uh, what was that word again? I couldn't say disestablishmentarianism. Disestablishmentarianism. Yeah. I can say it once, but I can never say it twice. Disestablishmentarianism. Forget it. I can write it. It's a long word. It's a long word. Yeah. Disestablishmentarianism. We should never have words that long. I should never try to use those words. But that's what it is. We've made a religion out of being disestablishment. That's what we've done. Um, we, we've made a religion out of being weird. I mean, I look at some of these videos of, of that, that go around of these people out there protesting and whatever the cause may be. And there's always that weirdo that looks like they should be committed to a home somewhere. Um, they're always trotting around there and paraded like they're supposed to be heard. They, need, they don't need to be heard. They need to get help. But we don't live in a society that wants to tell you the truth anymore and get you the help. You know, I watched uh, I watched uh, Matt Walsh giving a speech the other day, and a person who identifies as a woman who is very clearly a biological male uh, came up and and Matt, you know, everybody was saying, saying Matt's being so cruel to this person. He just said, "I want you to tell me why you think you're a woman," and he couldn't do it. Well, he kept saying, well, because other women around me affirm me. He said, so you're getting your opinion of who you are. Again, outside to inside living, you're getting your opinion of who you are, what your gender and your sex is based off of somebody else's affirmation. So what if everybody out there told you you had two heads? What if everybody out there told you you were a, 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 a canine? What if everybody out there told you you were actually a man because you are? And everybody said, the fact that you have to get the affirmation from another female means that you have doubt in who you are all by yourself internally so you're trying to seek that external validation that's exactly what i'm talking about the only thing that's going to heal that is you get back into that design and that order of how you were created to be you repent of some things and you get regenerated regened you become a new person you want you want to become different you want to transition into something transition into who you were created to be because until we do that pattern that i told you about in the last segment none of us are ever going to be who we were created to be we all have an identity crisis so we can't point fingers at one another and say this person's all messed up no we're literally and spiritually all psychotic we're all twisted off we're all on some spectrum and that problem is that spectrum leads to destruction all of them do all of them do if left unchecked, unfettered, and unrepentant. Now, that's not me or anybody else looking at you saying your life is being lived in a worse way than anybody else's. No, I, I literally, I'm telling you, um, people, people say, oh, well, you know, gay relationships are a violation of God's word. Heterosexual fornication is a violation of God's word. I mean, I, I mean if you want to really go there. Again, I've said this before on this show. This is why the Apostle Paul, he told the church, he said, uh, he said, he, he, he applied the f f sin of covetousness. Covetousness. You can't see if somebody's coveting something. That's not an outward example. So he was pulling an inward sin out and saying, this is, this is, I deal with, you know, if I'm dealing with covetousness, that's just as bad as that sin that you're putting on everybody else that you look at and you say, oh, that's, that's a sin before God. Yeah, because you're perfect. 
You're perfect. I got it. All I'm saying is we, we got a weird, twisted world we're living in. We're calling the insane normal, and we're trying to make some real strange things into, uh, into something that society can build on. And here's the problem. It can't. It simply can't. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Steve Dace popped in. Steve Dace popped in. Hey, buddy. Hey, brother. How are you? I, I mean, last night I got to experience what it was like to be queen of the prom, so I'm doing good. You, <laughs> you did. <laughs> you had the premiere for Nefarious. Nowadays, I uh, could actually be queen of the prom. <laughs> That's can, what's ironic, dude. but yes. I know. I've decided, uh, based off of my recent sketch stuff, that I make a very ugly woman. I doubt you'd be much of an improvement <laughs> on that. Truly um, in the eye of the beholder. Yes. You've been through a heck of a process, man. You wrote that book, Nefarious Plot. Now the book, now the movie Nefarious is coming out. I've seen it twice. Fantastic. I mean, I can't say enough good things Thank about you. it. I mean, it's just, I, you know, I just love that, you know, when I, they interviewed me after the thing and I said, you know, we have this medium of cinema and this medium of film that I think that is an incredible vehicle that we're wanting to just cast out into the abyss of eternal, of eternal damnation. Yep. You're redeeming it. Uh, and you did a heck of a job in the way that you did. You, you feel good about the project overall in terms of where it's going? Absolutely. I, I don't think we could have made, with the resources we had, the challenges we had, yeah. which it will be its own documentary, Yeah. Um, <laughs> the turmoil it took to make this movie, I don't think we could have made a better, more compelling product. Yeah. Um, and I'm very proud of how it turned out and to uh, sit with nearly 500 and three theaters of our peers, people I, I respect, love, want to earn the respect of, mm -hmm. um, and, and to get the kind of feedback from them that we did last night was kind of, for me, the culmination. Yeah. Um, soon we will put it in theaters nationwide, and then it, the outcome is uncertain, right? What the public will think of it, or, yeah. or do with it, or think anything. Um, but last night made everything we have gone through for the last three years made it all worth it i think the timing on it is perfect i mean i see the success the box office success of jesus revolution mm -hmm. and how it popped out mm -hmm. low budget but it still popped out mm -hmm. uh you know you had kelsey grammar but you got sean patrick flannery who mm -hmm. i mean they're they've submitted the papers for the academy award and that's just not you know whist that's whistling dixie he's that good in this he's movie. that good i mean the rea reality is chad if, if 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 sean were a demon trying to convince a christian psychiatrist to trans himself he absolutely <laughs> that exact exact same performance would be nominated for an oscar yeah yeah well, same deal sure. yeah phenomenal and you know i didn't even realize till this morning that that sean patrick flannery i of course i knew it from boondock saints yep. and yep. other things that he's been a part of it, that's incredible but he was powder. I, I forgot. Right. It's been so long since young I've seen Young Indiana him. Jones was his first role. The young Indiana Jones. That's yep. right. And just a lovely family. His two boys met them yesterday and his wife. I mean, just incredible. Um, Those boys come correct now. They stand up, look you in the eye, shake your hand. They get up, dude. Yep. I went in the dressing room and I was like, you guys don't have to get up. And he's like, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, yes, get up, shake my hand, you know? Yeah. I went in, the, I went out and ran out to the restroom uh, about three quarters of the way through the movie and I saw the boys. I said, y'all getting, get to hang out in the lobby and his, you know, mom said, they can't go in there and watch that. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. It, I, I love the values that it's, these th guys have. Those kids' have. parents actually love them. They and they're homeschooled. Yeah. And, yep. you know, they got some values there. So, yep. you know, we want to toss Hollywood out in the abyss. I mean, these are people who live in Cypress, Texas. Mm -hmm. They're Hollywood, but they're Cypress, mm -hmm. Texas. So, mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm proud of this project. I, th I think it's great. And I had, I have, I say that I don't have any skin in the game, but I'm so proud 
that you did it. I mean, it's been a labor of love. And like you said, y'all are shooting kind of a documentary behind the scenes on the process mm-hmm. of all that. Because this thing did not come without its own spiritual no, I mean, there's warfare. There's a reason we had a, we literally had an exorcist on set every day of the making of this film. I mean, I'll, I'll just tell your audience one quick story that embodies what the last few years were like. So our two filmmakers, uh, Carrie Solomon and Chuck Consulman, have been friends and buddies for decades. And another friend and buddy, is a, a buddy of theirs, is a priest who's mm-hmm. an actual Vatican-certified exorcist. So they brought him to the filming to be on set with us. And mm-hmm. so every morning, they all rented a, 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 a B&B together. So like all these guys in their 60s, like batching it, you know, like they were you know, yeah. back in college. <coughs> and... Uh, Every morning, there's a, one of the rooms in the B&B, the priest set up an altar there to have mass in the morning and try to bless the set and everything else. They get up one morning, there's a loud, massive commotion inside the home. And, you know, what's going on? You know, of course, these guys left food and stuff out overnight, you know, because they're guys. You yeah. Know? And uh, they realize a squirrel had gotten in the home. And so they anticipated that he's going through the, it's going through the kitchen and the food that was left out. Nope. Squirrel went into one room in the home. Which room do you think it was? The one that had the altar for mass. Went in there, crapped all over it, peed all over it, wow. overturned the incense and just desecrated the whole thing and then ran out of the house. Wow. And those kinds of things in this movie happened a lot. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was in Abidjan Ivory Coast years ago and I came back and I was telling a college classmate of mine about the demonic activity we saw there. And he said, this was a seminary. He said, oh yeah, they have that over there, don't they? And I said, got it here too. <laughs> Yeah, it's a parochial thing. Yeah, yes. got it here too. Yeah. So you bring the it, devil's uh, an exporter. Yeah. Yes. He, he, yeah. He's, he's, he's in the export he, business. He's, he's global now. Yes. Um, the uh, interesting. Uh, who is nefarious.com's website? Find mm-hmm. a theater near you. I've got people on my social media, Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, saying we're driving two hours. I have gotten so many emails from people. Yeah. I mean, I've, some of the theater chains have have shown us and shared with us the pre-sale ticket numbers and. Like Good. we're out some of these other major studio releases, we're out selling them two to one, sixteen to one in some cases. Heck yeah, you dude. know. So I don't, I don't, you know. It's like my background in politics. I'm leery of early voting. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know if it means we cannibalize what we're already going to get anyway, yeah. or if we're expanding our base. Mm. I do know though, in the end, it's better off knowing that your people are going to show up, and at least yeah. we can show that to the theaters to, that yes, we're going to show up. So if you want to get your tickets, nefariousTickets.com. Okay. And the trailer and all the publicity and the poster and everything else is at whoisnefarious.com. I love it. Steve Dace, check him out every single day on the radio and on Blaze TV. I appreciate you, buddy. Proud of you. And hey, we're not Thank done you, praying for this project. It's going to be great. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's streaming and everything else still. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you, man. We'll be right back. We have a fresh batch of our flags. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, Jesus is Lord, unborn lives matter, America first, family is the foundation, kindness is everything. People say, no, kindness is not everything. No, that's their phrase. Let's see if they can live up to it. Um, put it out in your yard. We've got it in uh, the red, white, and blue colors. You can go to rwcflag.com. Uh, do some shopping at a realwomensclub.com. Go to uh, channelblaze.com. Buy some of our gear over there and check it out. Don't forget to subscribe. Blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad and save. Tomorrow on Overtime for Blaze subscribers. I'm going to sit down for 30 minutes with Glenn Beck. 
And uh, it's going to be some things that you haven't heard him say, some powerful things. Uh, and we get a real heart-to-heart, honest conversation that you do not want to miss. Some great conversations happening on Overtime. And I want you to do me a favor. Join the Blaze TV family. BlazeTV.com slash Chad. Don't forget, use promo code Chad so they don't uh, kick me off the network at the end of the year. All right? That's, that's what I'm praying about. That's what I'm praying about. I hope you all have a great Good Friday. I hope that you all have a very happy Easter. I pray that you are reminded that every day is a resurrection day. It's a day to start over. It's a day to begin again. It's a day for new life. Uh, And you can experience that every day when you wake up and get moving and literally resurrect yourself from sleep and move into your day. I hope you all have a great weekend and you're reminded of the things that matter. Give yourself a deep breath. Love you. God bless.